Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Hey, uh, good morning, Canvas Church. So good to be with you today. I'm excited about the message that God has put on my heart. But before I get to that, um, I just want to say, man, I'm so appreciative of each and every one of you. Um, and who you are to the kingdom of God, but also who you are to Canvas Church. Uh, man, you guys are amazing. I, you know, the, my wife just got done mentioning the giving. And I just want to say thank you so much for continuing to be a generous giver um, as we go through this moment together. Uh, you guys are just incredible. And, uh, man, I so love you. And I, I echo what my wife said. I would love to see your face in the lobby, the digital lobby time. And so uh, if you could connect with me there, I'm going to do my best to be on there as long as I can. I'd love just to see some of your faces check in with you. Um, also, uh, you know, as we're going through this moment in time, if there's anything you need, uh, would you just reach out to us and let us know? Um, there, there are so many people that call Canvas Church home, and uh, it's, it's difficult for us to reach out to every single one every single week. And so just let us know. Reach out to us. Let us know how you're doing. We're here for you. Love to pray with you, uh, encourage you, and be a, a resource and help any way we can. Uh, grab your Bibles, uh, if you would, and go to the book of Ephesians. We are in a series entitled Clean Canvas, in which we're studying the book of Ephesians together. Why Clean Canvas? Uh, Clean Canvas because as I was studying the book of Ephesians and really diving into it, uh, this big idea came off the page to me that, you know what, we have a brand new start in Christ Jesus, that he's given us a fresh life, a fresh start. And, uh, you know, the name of our church being Canvas, that thought just popped into me. Man, it's like a clean canvas. And so here we are studying this book together. And uh, Uh, There's several themes within it, and uh, we're just tackling those as we go along. Uh, Last week, I I did Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 10. Uh, Today, I'm going to do uh, Ephesians 11 through 18 uh, of chapter 2, and then we're going to conclude chapter 2 next week. Uh, One of the ideas that I shared with you last week is this. The book of Ephesians was written to encourage believers to walk as fruitful followers of Christ. Isn't that an awesome thought? That we would, uh, together as the church, that we would bear fruit in our lives. And to serve in unity and love right alongside one another, to serve in unity and love. And here's the, here's, the, here's the kind of the glitch. In the midst of challenging and difficult times. or in the midst of difficult and challenging times. That no matter what we walk through as the church, no matter what we walk through as Christ's followers, we are still encouraged because of the new life that we have in Christ Jesus to continue to be fruitful, to continue to walk in unity, and continue to walk in love. And so with that thought, let's go to Ephesians chapter 2 together. Going to start in verse, um, verse 11 here. I'm going to read to you from the New Living Translation this morning. And it reads, Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. Now I want to read this fully in context because I want you to grab, grasp this. That the way this is written, really what it's written like is this. Therefore, don't forget that you, uh, that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. Therefore, what is the therefore, therefore? Uh, because we would have to go back to last week's message. And basically because of those first 10 verses and we understand our relationship with Christ Jesus, because we understand that relationship and the work that he's done for us and the work that he's done in us and through us and for us, because of that, now understand this. 
What's he going to talk about? He's going to talk about now our relationship with other people. Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their, their hearts. The Jews, the chosen people of God, Old Testament, the children of Israel. God chose this nation to be called his own. He picked them out from amongst all these other nations. This nation would then follow God and he would set forth some statutes and some laws, which we'll talk about in just a moment. And so now the Jews are on the inside. They're followers of Christ. They're following the law. But the Gentiles, who are the Gentiles? It's any other nation that's not a part of the Jewish nation. And the Jews would look at them and say, you're outsiders, even though they themselves, their heart wasn't being circumcised, but only their flesh. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel. And you did not know the covenant promise of God that he had made to them. You lived in the world without God and without hope. Can I just pause right there for a moment? That statement is so powerful in scripture, that you were on the outside, living without God and without hope. There is such a great connection between the kingdom of God and the hope that we can have in this world. And if you missed the first two messages of this series, I would encourage you to go back and check it out as Pastor Steve broke down the idea of hope so powerfully. But this thought right here that without God, there's no hope. Without God, there's no hope. You know, one of the things that we need right now in our world more than ever is, is hope. People are hopeless. People are, are losing hope. I just this week was reading through some statistics on, on alcoholism and how it's on the rise and addiction and even suicide. Why is that? Because they're looking for something, but they're not finding it. Why aren't they finding it? Hey, listen, church, all of us are doing our best to get the message out there. But there are so many people that need Christ in you right now, the hope of glory. And even though you might not be physically in the same location, man, we need to do the best we can to reach out to people in our sphere of influence and tell them about Jesus and bring them hope. Because without God, there is no hope. Hmm. Verse 13. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Talking about the Gentiles still. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. As we were taking communion earlier today, uh, Pastor Katie talked about that. The blood of Christ. In other words, it's saying this, because of the work of Jesus on the cross and what he did, you can now become a part of the family. Verse 14, for Christ himself has brought us peace to us. Christ has brought peace to us. He united both the Jews and the Gentiles. Wait a second, Pastor, I thought just a moment ago you said they were separate, they were alienated, they were, they were opposed to one another. They were, but because of the work of Jesus, he can now take the nation he chose in the Old Testament for himself and say, hey, because of the work of Christ, I can take any nation and I can bring it together and I can build one family, one body, one church. We've been unified, brought together. He unified the Jews and the Gentiles into one people. In his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall. Check this out. I want you to highlight this. He broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. 
there was a separation between all the other nations and the Jews. And because of the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, he broke down that wall and he was able to bring them together. There was an us and there was a them, but in Christ, now there is only one. He broke down the wall of hostility, the enmity, the thing that separated. He did this by ending the system of the law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between the Jews and the Gentiles by creating in himself one people from the two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross. And our hostility towards each other was put to death. Highlight that. The hostility, the enmity, the us, the them, the, the battle back and forth. It was, it was ended because of Christ. In Christ, the hostility is ended. Verse 17, he brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles, the other nations who are far away from him, but he also brought peace to the Jews who were near him. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done. I want to preach to you on the next few moments on the idea of us versus them. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your word. God, we thank you that your word is awesome. Lord, your word is incredible. Lord, I pray that you would take, God, these seven or eight verses that we read from Ephesians today. And God, you would be able to break it down and communicate to us what it is you're saying in this moment to the church. Lord, I pray for everyone that's listening right now. God, I pray they would feel your love and God know your goodness. Lord, help me now in this moment to create an environment for people to encounter your son Jesus, know your incredible love, and realize the amazing plan that you have for their life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. I think that most of us can kind of understand an us versus them kind of thought process. I mean, this happens early on in life, right? Uh, for me, it would happen when I was on the playground um, with my friends and uh, outside of Foursquare and kickball. Come on, how many of you guys remember that? Foursquare. Doesn't some Foursquare actually kind of sound fun right now? I uh, like some Foursquare. We play Foursquare kickball. But one of the other things, because I'm a big basketball fan, which, by the way, is anybody else out there that the NBA, glad that the NBA is playing in the bubble. Come on, somebody. I, I, I'm, I'm just like, yes, thank you, Jesus. But one of the things that we would do is we would, uh, we would go on the playground. We'd play basketball. Uh, but before you could play basketball, what do you need to do? You need to have teams. Well, you break up into these teams because it's us versus them. But then it's not enough. You've got to identify what team you are on. Now, back in the day, it was real easy. Shirts and skins. Come on, somebody. How many guys remember that? Now, now, you probably don't want your pastor to go shirts and skins anymore, praise Jesus, okay? But, but we would go shirts and skins. So people with the shirts on were on a team, people with skins, right? No shirt on were, were on a team. This was like before the days of what they called pennies. But, um, but now what do you do? If you're on a team, you have a uniform, you have a jersey, and, and it even has numbers on it, right? 
And, and why do you put the jersey on? You put the jersey on to identify what team you're on, and then you go to battle, right? You go and play. And now here's the deal. Look, I still play in men's leagues today, and I know some people are like, oh, you don't need to do all that. Let's just play for fun. Listen to me. Um, I, I don't know who just goes out and plays to have fun. The only way a game is fun is if you're winning. Let's be honest, all right? And uh, we don't just go out. Matter of fact, uh, we go out. I still do this, man. Uh, uh, Tuesday nights was my men's league before this whole uh, shutdown. And I was out there playing. And we had a jersey to identify what team we were on. Matter of fact, if you didn't have a jersey within the first two games, the league would fine you until you got a jersey. Why? Because you need to identify us versus them. And within the game... I mean, even on my own team, there's different positions, different players, but here's the deal. I remember back in college, man, the minute we put the same jersey on, man, we were bros, man. We were going for it. We were on the same team. If someone came at them, man, we were all going after that person. Why? Because we're on the same, same team. It's us versus them. Here's the thing. In, in Ephesians, in this passage I just read, what Paul is trying to say is this. He's trying to say, hey, in the church, there is no more us versus them. There is no more that, that you're on that team and you're on that team. When you come into the church, when you come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, there is no us, there is no them, there's just a we. There's just one body, there's just one team, and we're all flowing in the same direction. He says, guys, listen, I know you, you Gentiles, you just got brought in. You Jews, you've been a part of this team for a really long time. But here's what I need you to get. I'm in charge, that's Jesus. I'm in charge, and I'm making one team out of both or all nations. There is no us versus them in the kingdom of God. We've all become one. We're all on the same team. And he mentions it over and over again. He says, man, I'm breaking down the wall of hostility. I'm tearing that thing down. It is no longer there. Getting rid of that thing. He also says this, one of the things that divided the nation of Israel from all the other nations were the laws that God asked the nation to abide according to. And Jesus says, guess what, even that, I've come and I've fulfilled. You no longer have to try to measure up to that. It's fulfilled in me, and now I'm bringing everybody together. The hostility that they were feeling was not just a belief system. It was a cultural thing. It was a, it was a, 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 a division that stemmed so deep that they were literally, there was hostility with one another. He says, hey, you're on the same team now. I need you to work that out. There is no more us versus them. There's no, there's no division. This is, this is how I want it to flow. The first 10 verses of chapter 2 are about the relationship we have with God. Now he's getting into this other part. He says, now there's a relationship with one another. And here's how it needs to look. It needs to look in harmony. It needs to look in peace. It needs to look in unity. You're on the same, same team together. How does that relate to us today as the church? How does this speaking to us today? Here's the deal. Not just in this moment, but we're walking through this moment. There is so much that divides. There's so much. Uh, people are divided on a virus, and it's working 
even within the church. People are divided on, 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 on the, the ideas of, of racism and what is the full definition and what is racism, how are we going to address this problem that's in our, our nation, which clearly there's a problem within the nation and people are divided. There's something there that divides. People are divided on politics. Uh, people are divided. You have, you, have, you have liberals and you have conservatives and you have, you have Republicans and you have Democrats and you have everything in between and there's so much there that can divide us. But there's so much that can divide us on social justice platforms. I mean, just go to your own social media right now and, and see what's out there and it's almost as if, well, if you're, not, if you're not on my team doing something about this, then you must be on the other team. There's a divide. There's a divide. There's a divide uh, on, on, on even within the church on, man, man what, 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 how do we handle this moment as a church? What's the way we should handle it? And there, there it is again, there's a, there's a divide. And it's literally causing hostility. But yet, we're encouraged in Ephesians chapter 2, hey, remember Jesus. He took care of the hostility. This is a moment when, when you come to Jesus... Man, the, 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 you know, the, the cause that you were fighting for, the identity that you had and the team you were on, when we come to Jesus, it's no longer me wearing my jersey. It's me saying, hey, I'm putting my jersey down. I'm putting my identity down. If anyone wants to come after Jesus, he must deny himself. He must lay down his jersey. He must lay down what his team was and he must then pick up his cross. We must pick up his identity. We must pick up his jersey and put it on and then begin to follow after him. What's the problem? Why is there hostility sometimes within the body of Christ and within the church? There's hostility because, because we're wearing our jersey. And, and we've picked up our idea and our thing and we're like, wait, what about, what about this? And then there's somebody over here saying, what about this? And then there's Jesus saying, hey, look, I brought you into my kingdom. And if you desire to come after me, you must lay down your jersey. And you must pick up my jersey and begin to follow after, begin to follow after me. See, there's so much that can divide us. But why don't we do what, what Paul is encouraging us here to do? Rather than focusing on what divides us, why don't we focus on what unifies us? Rather than focusing on an us, or rather than focusing on a them, why don't we focus on a him? Why don't we focus on Jesus Christ and pick up that team and pick up that jersey and begin to walk together in unity and in love and continue to be fruitful followers of Jesus Christ? What if we did that? Is, it, is there still going to be some misunderstandings? Is there still going to be some, some hurt feelings? Is there still going to be offenses? Yeah, there is. Absolutely. You know, the Bible actually says that offenses will happen. Listen, it's going to happen. There's going to be some offenses. There's going to be some things. But what if, what if, man, in that moment where, man, we could get our feelings hurt, right? What, that moment that, hey, I want the ball in my hands. What if we did this? What if we surrendered to the team of Jesus Christ 
and went that way. Rather than picking up the team of self and doing our, our own thing. What if we did that? Because there's so much in our world that can divide us. Let's focus on what, what unifies us. Let's pick up his jersey. Let's play together. Let's run together. I mean, think about it on the basketball court. If, if you understand this analogy, there's, there's some people that can shoot really well. There's some people that can drive really well. There's some people that, man, they're, they're bigger, so they're playing down low. There's some people that are fast, but what if we brought all of those, those gifts together on the same team? What, what could we accomplish? What could we do? Christ has destroyed hostility within the church. How in the world does it creep back up? It creeps back up with an us versus them mentality. Hmm. So what if we defer to the team that's being led by Christ rather than the team that's being led by self? How do we crush the us versus them mentality? Let me just give you a few thoughts here today from this passage. How do we crush an us versus them mentality within in the church. Let's just focus on the church. First thing I see, number one, uh, is focus on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. And I know you're sitting there saying, Pastor, that's like your number one point every single weekend. It's like I can just fill in the blank knowing what you're going to say. Good. I want you to get that in your spirit and I want you to know it because here's the reality of the moment. Here's the reality of the culture. Here's the reality of what we're walking through right now. There are so many things that people are focused on. There are so many things that are pulling people's attention to the, to the, to the right and to the left. There are so many things that are, that are tugging at your emotions and at your heart and tugging at your thoughts and tugging at your time. There's so many things that are tugging. What if we said, uh-uh, no, we need to get our focus back and we need to focus on Jesus. We need to focus on him. He hits it right here again, just like last week. He hits it right here again says, listen, if you want to crush an us versus them mentality, you've, you've absolutely got to stop promoting self, stop promoting whatever your latest idea, whatever your latest thing is, and you need to be willing to lay it down, and you need to say, I surrender under the cross of Jesus Christ, and I'm going to do what's best for the church. I don't mean Canvas Church, although I do if that's your church. I mean the church. I mean, I mean the thing that Christ is coming back for. We focus on Jesus. We lay these things down. We begin to crush an us versus them mentality. And it's so clear, it talks about it over and over and over again. Hebrews 12, 2 would tell us this, that we need to be looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We need, we, need, we need to focus on him. We need to focus on him. We need to focus on him. In the context of the bigger scope, if we can keep our eyes on him, things are gonna go much better. Just thinking, I was just thinking today about uh, Old Testament. I think probably because I was studying this passage out and thinking about the Jews and the Gentiles. And... Uh, in the Old Testament, when the children of Israel being led out of Egypt to go worship God, 
The Bible says they were led by a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And they were to keep their eyes on the cloud during the day because it was leading them. And they were to keep their eyes on the pillar of fire at night because that was the presence of God leading them. You and I today, we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. Pastor, how do I do that? How do, how do I keep my eyes on Jesus? The best way to keep your eyes on Jesus is get into the word. Daily reading the Bible. Daily meditating on it. Daily having a moment of prayer. Realign you. Get you focused. Keep your eyes on him. Secondly, how do I crush an us versus them mentality? Secondly, don't think of yourself better than you are. Don't think of yourself better than you, you are. Romans 12.3 said, talk, talks to us and says, hey, don't think of yourself more highly than you, you ought to. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to. Well, don't, don't do that. Because when you do that, it begins to create an us versus them mentality. It begins to create an us versus them mentality. Don't think of yourself more highly or better than you are. In this particular passage, here's what's taking place, is the Jews think they're in is because of their circumcision. And, and they kind of boasted in that. Like, hey, like I'm, I'm circumcised. But yet, in this passage, Paul, as he writes the church of Ephesus, makes it very clear. He says, look, they boast in that. That's kind of like their claim to whatever. But guess what? No, that's nothing. Because that was just done to the flesh. Their heart isn't isn't circumcised. They thought of themselves better than they were. The Gentiles, on the other hand, finally brought to the, to the, to the table, had kind of a mentality of like, yeah, like what took you so long? Like here we are, like, like we, deserve, we deserve this. Listen, you gotta understand something, we, we don't deserve anything. But yet by his grace, he's given us all things we need for life and godliness. Don't think of yourselves better than you, than you are. Let me finish with this thought. Number three, if you wanna crush an us versus them mentality, you've got to walk in forgiveness. You've got to walk in forgiveness. Wow, walk in forgiveness. To be quick to let offenses go, to be quick to, to let some of those things just roll off. To be quick to talk with people, address people and say, hey, look, this is what's going on. This is what happened. Talk about it. If we want to crush an us versus them, we got to walk in forgiveness. As a matter of fact, the only way you can walk in unity and in harmony is by walking in forgiveness. If you don't, you know what happens? You tend to get bitter. You tend to walk with resentment. We tend to, we'll, we will, we'll tend to uh, uh, build alliances, right, with people that maybe feel the same way we do. If we don't let things go, if we don't ask for forgiveness, we don't walk in forgiveness, what happens is we get a little bit of a chip on our shoulder. Anybody ever been there before? I know I have. Little chip on my shoulder, little offended at somebody, hurt by somebody, maybe start building up a little bitterness, don't deal with it. All of a sudden a conversation strikes up over here. And now all of a sudden you lean in on a moment where they say they're hurt too. And now that's the, what, what that does is now we've just created an us versus 
them. What Paul's saying here is that, hey, look, there is no hostility. There is no us versus them. Now we're, we're one in Christ Jesus. And so because we're all on the same family, we're all on the same team. Man, you want to win the game? You want to go somewhere together? You want to get to the championship? Guess what? you got to deal with that stuff. And you've got to walk in forgiveness. Ephesians 4, 31 through 32. And I don't want to jump ahead in our series, but I want to read this to you. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Look, there's the example again. Who's the example? Christ is the example. Christ Jesus is the example. As we look to him, how did he forgive others? Man, let's continue to walk in that same path, forgiving one another. So here's my question for you today, church. What jersey do you have on? What, what team are you on? Are you on team Jesus? Or are you on team self? Or are you on team agenda, cause, whatever it might be? Here's the thing. If we're willing to lay that down and pick up the jersey that he has for us, now we're going to walk in harmony, we're going to walk in unity, and we're going to get rid of the hostility and become one in Christ Jesus. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. And we thank you that your word is awesome. Your word's amazing. Lord, I pray, uh, Lord, for everyone tuned in this morning, watching. God, I pray, Lord, that, God, you would do a work in Canvas Church, a unifying work, a work of peace, a work of harmony. Lord, I couldn't think of a more timely book to be going through as a church as we walk through, Lord, the culture that we're in, as we walk through the moment that we're in. God, the church looks different. And what's taking place out there, man, shouldn't be taking place in here. God, this is a place of hope. This is a place of refreshing. This is a place where people come. Hallelujah. You might be uh, listening to this message right now and you might be wondering, Pastor, what's going on? I want to remind you that Paul wrote this letter to the church at Ephesus as he was in prison. Not necessarily to address some specific issues, but rather to address a broader culture. And say, hey, no matter what happens, hey church, this is, this is what life looks like. You're gonna walk through some difficult times, but guess what, we're, we're gonna have harmony in the church. We're not gonna have hostility. We're gonna have a we culture rather than us versus them culture. It's a reminder. I couldn't think of a better book right now to be diving into for that reminder because here at Canvas Church, we don't look at, at Christianity as, as a supplement to our worldview. We look at Christianity as the worldview. And everything is formed out of that. Everything's formed out of scripture and we dive into scripture and we learn what, what a life in Christ looks like and that's our worldview and we walk it out and so we can walk without hostility we can, we can walk in harmony and unity and, and we can make decisions on things that are taking place in the world because we believe that our worldview based on the word of God has all the answers. 
has the answers to, to what we're facing right now, has the answers to what maybe we're facing as a, on the bigger scale in, in culture, but it also has the answer for your life what, on the micro level, what you're walking through, what you're dealing with. The Word of God has the answer. And if you'd be willing to fully surrender your life to Him and allow the Word of God to form your worldview, and I believe there's hope, I believe there's grace, I believe there's love, I believe there's mercy. So Lord, we come to you today. We say, Lord, we lay it all down. God, we surrender to you. God, we take our, our identity. God, we take our jersey. We take whatever team we believe we're playing. We say, man, we're surrendering it to you. Jesus, lead us, guide us. Let us play for your honor and for your glory. Lord, I pray that the admonishment of Paul to the church at Ephesus would admonish us today. God, whether we've been believers for a long time, living within a church culture, or whether we're just coming in, God, that we'd kill an us versus them mentality and be one body in you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. If you, you're out there and you're saying, you know, I want to be a part of that. Man, I can be a part of that. I can buy into that. And I want to, I want to, I want to, man, I want to lay my jersey down. Like, I want to do that. It's, it's real easy to do, actually. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, we believe in our heart and confession is made unto salvation. That means you're coming on the team. And so all you have to do is just surrender your life to him. Just say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I'm laying down my jersey. I want to pick up yours. Jesus, I believe today that you're the Son of God and that you died on the cross for my sins. So I ask you to forgive me the bitterness I'm carrying around, the resentment, the hurt, the pain, lies. I surrender all, all, all these things and so much more to you. I ask you to forgive me. Jesus, be my Lord and be my Savior. Give me a fresh start. Give me a clean canvas so I can walk in harmony with others under your name. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.